each one of these marketplaces has a different category structure that is just mind-numbingly bad. And, you know, you know, trying to figure out where your product is supposed to fit in eBay versus Amazon versus Newegg versus Walmart. What if you want it in multiple categories and, you know, trying to get that kind of override. And so it, it seems as though they allow that. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Selling on multiple channels is hard. They all have their rules and unique business models. Also, the channels and marketplaces are evolving on a daily basis. If you were to manage each of the channels manually, it could quickly become your day job to manage them. Also, even if you are able to do that, you might still run into scenarios of stock outs and struggle to maintain consistent pricing across channels. You not only need the centralized management of your product data, you also need the centralized management of all of your channels from one place. This is where your multi-channel platforms are super handy to help manage your multi-channel business. In today's episode, we invited a panel of cross-functional experts for a live interview on LinkedIn who brings significant expertise to conduct an independent review of Zentel's capabilities. We discussed their strengths and weaknesses and where they might fit in the e-commerce architecture. Finally, we discussed their PIM and multi-channel or listing automation capabilities and why they might be overextending themselves by focusing on the operational problems that typically don't reside in a channel-specific solution. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you're joining for the first time, this is part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. We pick one solution or the vendor. We review them independently. And uh, we always have an expert panel that is willing to share their uh, insights and wisdom. So for today, we are going to be reviewing a platform called Zentel, which is a very exciting platform. It's very well known uh, in the SMB space. So we are going to have a lot of fun doing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intro. I'll start with my intro. If you don't know me, I am your host, Sam Gupta, principal with Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and uh, digital transformation consulting firm and everything that do that we do e-commerce is going to be at the heart of it on that note i am going to move to phil for his intro hi sam hi everybody i'm phil kerper managing director of wrangling business solutions we help executive leadership teams align their digital transformation strategy with their core business strategy and i've come to you after several decades in the c-suite uh, implementing a lot of these types of platforms so really looking forward to the panel tonight Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Phil. Robert, can I move to you next for your intro, if you don't mind? Sure. My name is Robert Brown. I'm principal of 
uh, Robert Brown e-commerce consultancy. Uh, I specialize in helping small to medium-sized businesses streamline and implement the best in e-commerce. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Robert. And if you are in the audience uh, and uh, if you have any questions or comments, make sure you guys are going to be commenting those because our panelists are going to be reviewing them and we will make sure that you get your answers. In fact, I mean, we try to cover during the show. If you cannot get get to them during the show, uh, you know, we'll make sure that you your answers. On that note, I am going to start with a quick briefing and then we'll open up for the commentary from uh, Phil and, and Robert. So if you guys don't know what Zentel is and one of the things that we typically do uh, as part of our, uh, you know, these reviews is we like to identify the real position in the architecture. Where do they fit and are they really sticking to who they really are in the architecture? Because the more streamlined and aligned they are going to be, the, the better product experience you are going to get as a customer. So for us, the focus is really, really important. And we try to look at focus from many different perspectives including their product strategy, the corporate strategy, the acquisition strategy, uh, you know, whatever is available publicly, we want to explore that and we want to look at whether they are really being consistent with what they are claiming. So Zentel, in my mind, and Robert and Phil, you can challenge me uh, if you like, this is an open forum. So in my mind, they are really, and, and by the way, I like Zentel a lot, to be honest. Uh, and the reason for that is last week when we reviewed the other solution, they weren't as uh, clear in terms of what they were really in the architecture. They were not as clear as I find Zentel from their marketing positioning, from their product perspective. So they really help with that multi-channel strategy. They are going to be helping you in, in the integration with all of those multi-channel. They are going to have a lot of different PIM functionality. Obviously, that's going to be super critical for the e-commerce merchants, especially when we talk about the smaller e-commerce merchants that are going to be roughly five-ish million dollars. I think that's their play. And uh, one of the advantages that you have of the Zental platform is going to be that you don't have to maintain that product data. They, you have centralized way of maintaining the product data. And sometimes, you know, it could be a nightmare when you have 20 different marketplaces, they have their own rules. Uh, and if you are going to be, uh, you know, maintaining that manually, that's really, really, really hard to get that centralized view across the channels. On that note, I am going to open up for Robert or Phil. If you have any comments, I can take those or I can move through the slide. I think we lost Phil momentarily, but, you know, I think when we're taking a look at any one of these platforms, it's always good to, to understand exactly what the company is trying to do. It's more than just let me start selling as many places as possible because, you know, what is the work entailed to actually do that? So if I have pro a product, I have product data, what data is going to go where and what additional work do I have to have? Do, am I going to have, it's part of the strategy, the e-commerce strategy. Am I going to price it differently on one marketplace versus another? Am I going to have kits? Am I going to have bundles? You know, what, am I going to have my own warehouse? Am I going to have 3PL? Those are the kinds of things that you want to start thinking about when evaluating these products. And I think that's some of the stuff that we're going to go through today. 
could not agree more. Thank you so much, Robert, uh, for that insight. And I think, you know, Phil is uh, running into challenges, so I don't know if he will be back. But hopefully, he is going to be back. Uh, so I think it's going to be just us. Uh, okay, so I am moving along with the slides. And Robert, obviously, you can comment at any point of time. So here, they are saying built by online sellers who have been around the block. Zentel is today's premier listing automation platform. And I like the way they have worded their own position. Uh, a lot of companies last time we reviewed and they were talking about, you know, e-commerce operations platform. I don't know what that means, to be honest. Okay, Here, they are being extremely clear that I am the listing automation platform and that's who they really are. Uh, and they are saying we help brands and authorized resellers expand to newer channels and which is right as well. If you look at their product, the capabilities and, uh, and see whether dental is right for you or who gave marketing high. Automatically list everywhere. You have many different places. So you are going to have Walmart, Amazon, Newegg, uh, Facebook. What I find really interesting here is going to be that this, I don't know, Robert, and maybe uh, you can probably provide a little more insight there overall. Because the PIM functionality can be all over the place as well in my experience when I look at many different uh, you know platforms. So typically the role of PIM is that you need to have decentralized product management platform where you are publishing the product data even to your e-commerce. So I do know if Zentel is going to have all of those capabilities. Let's say if the Zentel is really the platform to control that centralized product data and then publish it to Shopify in e-commerce as well. Now, you know, not a lot of platforms can do that. And in this case, it seems that the Zentel is going to be the controller of the information and it's going to be publishing not only to the marketplaces, but also to the e-commerce platform. And that's a key that I think the e-commerce merchant need to know. Tim actually fits in the architecture. So Robert, what would you say to that? So this is contrary to the, the architecture that Shopify talks about because we've reviewed Sh Shopify before. So everything is entered into Zentel and it has an API connection to Amazon, Newegg, Walmart, Shopify, Facebook, Google, and it disperses that information to all of them. And it keeps track of when those sales are. And one of the things that they do is they do not upload the entire catalog when a sale occurs on, say, a 15-minute schedule. So, some platforms do that. Instead, they actually push out when there is a delta so your catalog actually stays more up to date so you don't get that oversold position as often obviously right. so, event driven then robert is what you're saying the the, uh, the api calls are event driven yes they sam are. just so you know we had a lightning storm we're out of power at this point. so uh so i'm on my pad i'll try to stick with you as long as i can and if the power comes back on i'll jump on that's completely fine. And I don't know if the volume is a problem at my end or your end. Uh, the volume is not coming as high, but that's okay. I think we can manage Phil. So don't stress if uh, the power is out, it's out, I guess. I don't know <laughs> what we can do about it. Okay, so getting back to the conversation. So uh, Robert and, and Phil, basically when I think of the architecture for me, the I'm always thinking about the, the source of truth, right? Now, the source of truth could, could be multiple systems. It's not that it, it needs to be only one system, but for one data set, there needs to be a clear identification of source of truth, right? 
the rest of the systems in the architecture are going to be the consumer of that information. So my understanding, and I don't know what Shopify says, obviously Shopify is going to say what is best for them <laughs> because everybody is trying to sell their product, right? But in uh, if you review these things independently or the objectively, then obviously you need to look at the vendor agnostic architecture. What makes most sense for e-commerce business? That's what we are trying to get at here, right? So in my mind, the PIM functionality, the reason why PIM exists in the architecture is because none of the other systems, even the e-commerce or the ERP platforms, they are not really designed to, to store the product data, for example, product images. And again, when we are talking about the marketing specific data, because the other systems are not going to care for all of that. And that's where PIM actually fits in the, in the architecture. So to your comment, marketplaces, Zentel is going to do an amazing job that it is actually going to be publishing this data to marketplace. But where does it get these SKU numbers from? So in your arc, let's say if you have an e-commerce platform, it could be Shopify. I don't care what that is, okay? So we have the e-commerce platform. We have the PIM platform in the architecture. Let's say you might not have ERP. You might be using simply the account access. So you don't have to worry about at least that, right? So let's say if you have e-commerce, you have uh, your PIM. So who is going to be the consumer of, let's say, the SKU number? Who holds control of the SKU number and anything and everything that goes along with the SKU number? And then is Shopify going to be consuming that or is PIM going to be consuming that? Rob? So in in this case, for a visual, this is, this is a hub and spoke setup. So the hub or the, the controller or the primary information is going to be the PIM. It's going to be Zentail. So all the information, the SKUs and details about that SKU are going to be maintained in Zentel, and they're going to be pushed out to any of the platforms consuming that for sale. So Facebook, Google, Shopify, whatever. Does that make sense? So that way, the marketing, the merchandising team only has to maintain that data in one place, and that would be in Zentel. Okay, so basically in this particular case, the Shopify is going to be consumer of the product information and they are going to be operating based on whatever Zentel is telling them, at least yes. from the product data perspective, they might have additional things related to the product when it comes to the financial transaction. Zentel is not going to be keeping all of that financial information that is going to be residing in, in uh, Shopify. But from the architecture clarity perspective, uh, Zentel is going to be the main source of the product data and anything and everything that is going to be utilized for product across the channels. And then that is going to be publishing it to Shopify and Shopify may augment it with the additional data as it relates to e-commerce and it might publish to any other channels wherever they want and they are going to be augmenting channel specification. Would you agree with that, Robert? Yes. Okay, Phil, do you have any comment? I know that you had mentioned the event-driven architecture. That's slightly different overall, but when we are looking at the, and I don't know when in the engagements that you have worked in, I don't know if you have used the PIM. So I would like to get your insights in terms of what was the source of uh, truth, uh, you know, and which data sets were captured inside PIM versus e-commerce. Right. So yeah, what I, what I meant by that is just the, the differentiation between an API that's making a call every X minutes versus an API that has the functionality that when there's something that's different, that then they call the information to align it. And I consider that kind of an event-driven API type of setup, which is which is very advanced for, for this in my experience. I mean, usually that's that's not what I've seen. And 
Yeah, and, and I believe that's what Robert was was clarifying. Yeah, I'm used to, I'm used to the the um, when someone gets to the point of of investing in a PIM and having that type of information, of having that be source of truth. It pretty much has as Robert described it. What what I'd be interested in is the challenge that I've seen with that of where, for example, a picture or or maybe it's the the way something is organized um, needs to be different based on the different customers, if you will, of that information. So if the picture needs to be sized one way for Amazon and a different way for Walmart, it, how does that functionality work in order to link the correct picture with the correct storefront? Because I've seen that as a challenge on systems like this, where the PIM, if you will, or that, or this this platform is the source of truth. And I want to make sure that we are clear with one distinction. So you mentioned customer, and sometimes customer could mean the individual customer. I think you were referring to channel as a customer. Channel, so yeah, the storefront, the, yeah, the, the, the receiver of the information, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Any other comments, guys? So here we have some capabilities, and, and I just like the way Zentel has vision band to be honest. Okay, they are very, very, very clear overall in terms of their capabilities. So if you look at, you know, the way they are positioning their platform, they are, they are saying multi-channel overview. That's what they really do. One central catalog and the command center. And that's exactly what you wanted, uh, you know, Phil, when you were describing that. Product data, smart type, bulk action, cloning. Again, these are baby features if you look at some of the advanced platforms, such as ERP, but for him, that's a big deal. <laughs> now, we are talking about things like listing, uh, ASI and IN management could be a big deal. Kits and bundles, I am going to ask you guys in terms of how you have seen networking, because every platform in the architecture is going to have some sort of kit or bundle. So how do you sort of, uh, you know, move across the architecture? When e-commerce is going to have its own kits, ERP is going to have its own kits, and now these guys are talking about their kits. So who is source of authority? And if kits going to be part of your SKU and bundles as well, uh, if you're bundling that, I can see some problems uh, from the pricing perspective. So I don't know. I will. I would like to get your insights in terms of what you guys have seen when Pim is actually doing uh, kits and bundles. Well, I I'm a, I go ERP on this one. If it's a physical distinction between the product, I'm going to want to try to drive source of truth back to where the physical product is being managed on on the ERP side. But it also, I may not be understanding fully what they mean by kits and bundles here as well. So is it packaging? Are they putting, are they two distinct SKUs and they're just, and, and, and they're just packaging in a way so that a customer can get extra things in a carton, for example? I'm, I'm not real clear on what they mean. Robert, maybe you might have a different thought about that. Yeah. So in, in this case, the way the distinction between a kit and a bundle for them is think of a drum set. All right. So with the drum set, you're going to have a snare drum and a bass drum and some cymbals and, and a couple of other things. They're going to consider that a kit. All right. So it's going to have a single skew, but a bunch of boxes that go with it. And you have to be able to identify that in the warehouse. So when the pickers go to pull that and make sure that it gets shipped, that all the boxes that go with that kit go with it. Right. So single skew, multiple boxes. So a bundle is going to be say five patch cords so it may it may have a separate skew it depends on the individual company how they set it up but it's going to be an original skew but then it's going to be multiple of that same skew and so they allow the ability to do those two separate things because you need to be able to track that right so if if um 
inventory loses one of the, you know, they can't sell that that bundle if they've only got four ports. So, guys, this is where I think you are going to lose me, okay? And the reason why you are going to lose me is because, you know, I was talking about their positioning, that they're really crystal clear in terms of what they are trying to do. And now when Pim actually reaches the warehouse, okay, I'm not too sure about that now, <laughs> okay? Because now you are getting into the operation. And I guess, I mean, Phil might agree with me overall that, okay, if your warehouse's processes are going to be controlled inside Pim, then you are getting into the operational boundary. So for a smaller shop, that might be okay. But like, are you now going to do pick, pack, and ship inside your pin? There's no way. There's no well, way. I, it, so we're, we're, I think what we're doing here is, is we're different pieces of functionality, right? So the, the, the PIM itself is just the information for that SKU. So you've got SKU 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. You've got the title. You've got the short description, the long description, the images for it, the pricing for it. That, that's the, the PIM functionality, and that's what's going to be dispersed out to the, the different sales channels. All I'm talking about is the difference between a kit and a bundle, because you do have that SKU for that drum set, right? So here's this kit. I'm selling a drum set. It's got five boxes with it. I just need to make sure that if one of those boxes, you know, if, if we send that SKU down to the operation, the operation knows and this is going to be the picking packing functionality later on in the operation, they know this SKU has these five boxes. If I don't have those five boxes, if I can't find box number five, you know, we need to cancel that order. And somehow that information needs to get back up through the system to the, the folks, the operations folks and the customer service folks to make sure that the customer knows, oh, sorry, we thought we had that box we do not we can't sell it right and i, I think where i get land on this one is there's no doubt that the the front end the pim whatever you want to call the platform up front needs to know that right they need to know what's what's in that kit and a drum kit is actually called a drum kit what's in that kit and whether there's uh, availability if that functionality needs to be on the front end then it needs it needs to know that and the, the, the relationships, the product masters, the item masters that may be living in the ERP needs to be aligned and, and there needs to be APIs between the two. I think where I was going and maybe where Sam was going to is, well, where's the source of truth and the true functionality of that from an inventory management standpoint? And that's where my experience would be that would live in an, e in an ERP more than it would live in the front end of the system. Yeah, I think once once you get to the level of an ERP, that's going to be a source of truth. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think it depends on the organization's maturity, whether they're at that level or not. So if you look at Zentel, they have basic WMS functionality, basic warehouse functionality, just, just to get that growing company moving forward. But they do integrate with more sophisticated WMS systems. For that organization that is more mature and doesn't want to go backwards using their system. So just to be clear, and that's where I don't like it, um, you know, when you are basically overdoing what you are supposed to do, in my mind, if you're a PIM, just be PIM and be the multi-channel management platform, because there is a lot more that can be done in the multi-channel, uh, you know, management platform itself. And the way I would like to think about this one, uh, and in my mind, is okay, you are going to have a SKU. A SKU is going to have a little bit of marketing information because the marketing information is not going to be kept inside ERP. It's a horrible place to keep, keep the marketing information inside ERP. 
So anything that goes along with that, you were talking about the short images, the long images. I have 15,000 images that I need to send to 15,000, you know, platforms. ERP is not the place. Don't keep it in ERP, okay? But any of the operational information, inventory information, that has to come from your, your uh, you know, accounting inventory system or, you know, if you have WMSs. The boundary of WMS system is, is different. So here you have a lot more data that belongs to PIM. The PIM data is very different in general. That is your marketing information. That is the presentation, the front end, the way uh, you know Phil is trying to describe. There is a clear separation between how the front end and back end functionality is supposed. So moving right along, and we'll open up. Let's just, this is really an important one, Sam. So there's one more quick point on this because I think Robert made the point in in kind of in between what he was saying is. There, there's a journey component of this that the customers and I mean the buyers of this software really need to think about if they if they're very early in their journey and they don't have a back end inventory system, some of that basic warehouse functionality, even though it's not really scalable, maybe long term, but it can certainly be a bridge for them as they're starting to grow. I think what's important is they realize that they're stretching the typical functionality of that front end PIM system as they scale their business. At some point, they're going to need a proper back end system. So yeah. honestly speaking, Phil, in my mind, I would probably go for some other add-on that is slightly better on Shopify as opposed to asking my PIM to do my operational management. In my mind, that's not the right pattern overall the way the architecture should be laid out, even if I'm $5 million company. You might want to get, let's say, WMS and on, because then e-commerce needs to be collaborating. E-commerce control far more operational and the uh, your financial data than your PIM is supposed to be carrying. The PIM is not supposed to be carrying your operational financial data. That would be my take on this. Robert, I, I, think you're, I think you're right, but I think there's some companies that might use this as a bridge. I, would, I, pre I prefer your answer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, th I, I think I think you're focusing on the PIM aspect, and we, and I, I think Phil was right. There, there is a journey, and we, we have to realize that people are going to get to this point at at different points in their journey, and so who you know for them, they're going to take a look at whatever they currently have in place, and does Zentel allow them to up their game, and by by adding their PIM functionality, does it you know. They may have multiple marketplaces, multiple places that they sell that they are probably, if they're really early in the journey, they're probably just doing it with Excel uploads, which is really painful. And so they're looking at Zentel and going, okay, I can still maintain that custom data that I have on each platform in Zentel. Their PIM functionality allows me to do that. And I can continue to sell on these platforms um, with less resource. So I can then allocate that person to doing other tasks. So I can then continue to tweak my sales on each platform, doing A-B testing and improving the content so I can, you know, continue to get the best conversions possible. Some of the things that, you know, there are definitely some things that Zentel is not the, the key player in. They are not, you know, the ERP. They, they are not the financial system. They are not a, you know, core warehouse management system. So they're taking that that PIM data and they're dispersing it for you. And I think they probably, that PIM functionality is really that step up for a lot of players. Because a lot of players, they, they just take the vendor information and they just send it everywhere. So everybody gets the same stuff and they're not customizing it. They may modify their prices, but when you have the ability to actually tweak on the platform to get the most out of that particular platform, that's, that's when you're starting to make some big changes. 
Okay, amazing guys. So moving right along here, if you compare, uh, they, they have done some comparison with uh, Channel Advisor as well. And they seem to be claiming a lot of different uh, functionality. They are talking about the automatic product categorization. And again, I'm not too sure how true this is. We are going to be reviewing some of their product flights and we are going to verify uh, if they really have that. Uh, AI PIM technology, again, for the SMB, I'm not too sure how relevant that is going to be. AI could be all over the place as well. Sometimes it could be in, uh, very sophisticated capabilities, but for the average SMB, I don't know how much. Uh, then you have the cross-channel uh, product data translation. That's a key, key, uh, key functionality that you need to have. And seems like their claiming channel advisor does not have that. We are going to review them as well in the future. But I would think that you know most of the platforms are probably going to support that, especially if you're a multi-channel platform. Here, this is how their SKU screen looks. And the SKU screen is going to have very similar feeling as the SKU banner, because again, this is very channel specific SKU that you are trying to create. So here you have the SKU, the UPC, and then you have the smart type. The Amazon item type is FBA or not. Again, that's going to be a distinction there if you are publishing on Amazon. Uh, and then you have the item price condition and uh, the eBay condition. So again, the way this setup is going to be done is they are allowing you to specify enough data so that they can publish on multiple platforms. That's the intent of this configuration. So they need enough information to be able to publish uh, on multiple channels that they'll be managing for you. Moving right along here. So here they are talking about a lot of different things such as uh, you know hazmat regulation that is going to be applicable in certain industries. So they allow, and again, a lot of different channels are probably going to be asking for that. So when you are going to be looking at your listings, that's where you are going to be requiring all of that information. That's why Zental needs to know all of that, uh, you know, as an input when you are looking at your SKU screen. When you look at the pricing, obviously there is, you know, a lot of configuration overall from the pricing perspective. And this is the centralized tracking that you need to have. Uh, if you don't have that, then you are probably going to be losing a lot of money. So I like the way, uh, you know, you can set up the pricing for different channels. Uh, and by the way, you have a lot of different control. For example, let's say if you have missing price on anything, that could actually impact your conversion rate. So the platform can alert you that, you know, using a price there. Moving right along. So SKU conversion, and they have many different scenarios in which you might have multiple SKUs. One example could be that you just have a different ASIN, you know, and they have a functionality called uh, alias SKU. So it's going to be the same SKU that is going to be used as the child SKU. So you are basically cloning, you're renaming the SKU. It's not necessarily, I don't know how to describe this. I mean, the metrics inventory functionality that is going to be supported in slightly sophisticated systems. But here you are literally copying the SKU and you are creating an alias. A lot of systems support the copying, but they don't call it alias. But the way the functionality, that's what I have seen on their slides, they literally copy and that becomes your alias. That's a very different functionality than the actual SKU alias. You might have concepts such as vendor cost reference as the world. Uh, that's a very different piece of functionality than simply copying an SKU and calling it something else. Here, you also have uh, another way of copying the SKU, but in this particular case, you are going to have different pricing, and that's why you would create the alias. Again, I like it a lot, to be honest, because you are going to be uh, utilizing the different SKU for the different channels. You're going to have different pricing. So obviously, that's a key piece of functionality. Otherwise, you are going to be maintaining a lot more data 
that goes at the item level at the SKU level. So that's where this functionality is going to be seen. So I kind of like it. My question when I saw this, Sam, was if you change something on the reference SKU level, does it blow the changes through the copied SKUs? Or do you have to go and maintain the multiple <laughs> copied SKUs? Honestly, seeing that's a good question. And the way I have seen these screens, I don't know. And we are going to review some more screens and, and we will see if we can address that question and we have enough of them. To be well, if, if you, so the reason that you're going to have some of these aliases or sometimes they call them shadows is because you're targeting very specific markets with the same items. So you may actually change keywords in that listing for that alias, but you still only have the same inventory. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with what Sam said. Just as a really nice technique to have different pricing for different, you know, storefronts. I mean, it's, it's it gives you some really nice flexibility that I liked as well. I was just wondering about the maintaining maintenance of it, because once you start having different versions of things, right. you know, there has to be a there has to be a, a methodology for saying I'm going to update it. Could not agree more. And Phil, by the way, that's a great catch. So we are going to look at, you know, some of the screens and we are going to verify if that is going to be possible. Otherwise, it's a nightmare in general. So great, great, great point. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. Now, so this is how there, and this is where my problem is and all of these platforms. So let's say if I have my Zentel, I have my Skubana, I have my Shopify, I have 25 other platforms. Each of them are claiming that they can do kickback shipping. Okay. They probably are going to have warehouse funding. So, as the e commerce owner, my challenge always is okay, how are these systems going to work together? <laughs> that is always my challenge. Which system is doing what? And let's say if you are going to be utilizing WMS from your Scubana, uh, you know, PIM from your Zentel. So, sometimes you are not really utilizing the functionality that you are buying. So, that's where I don't like when the system tries to do too many things because it becomes very confusing okay who, who you are so here as you can see and i agree with your points as well that in my architecture let's say if i have just the shopify and zentel i'm using shopify for my e-commerce i'm using zentel for him and wms and i am on quickbooks great no problem but typically you are going to require 15 differences if you have this lean system to manage all of that e-commerce operations and that's what we see in our customer base uh, that's what they do, and it becomes very, very, very confusing to control that inventory and the warehouse operations. So here they have a lot of different things, and, and this is where I don't like this. Okay, this is way too much, uh, you know, that they are trying to do. So in my mind, when I am looking at the PIM or multi-channel management functionality, I am looking for the just the channel integration, the channel management, be really, really good at that, and that's what I like to see in a platform here they can do ship they can send to warehouse and i will struggle with this architecture to be honest um, moving right along here they have a lot of different routing information so they can send to 3pls which is sort of neat piece of functionality but again how those 25 systems are going to work together will be my struggle when i'm designing the architecture i don't know um, maybe you guys have uh, different experience uh, but i will definitely struggle with that uh, yeah what I had trouble trying to figure out on these was how much of this is reportable information. You you need something. You, someone needs a someone needs to know versus an actual transactional functionality. And and these do look like transactional functionality to me. To your point, but some of them might just be simply that we want Amazon to know that it got back ordered. You know, we just want reportable information coming through the platform. 
when you talk to these systems, I mean, they are going to say that obviously I can report, but typically their reporting is going to be extremely limited to that channel specific functionality. Uh, that's what they are really good at. You know, they are not really supposed to be your ERP or WMS. That's where I my challenge always is in the architecture. Okay, moving right along with some more information here. They have a lot of different things. For example, require signature purchase insurance, which is neat for smaller e-commerce firms. Uh, you have tracking numbers, so this is definitely way beyond what I would expect in the multi-channel platform as well as uh, your your PIM functionality. Um, that's where I struggle with the architectural clarity. And uh, in my experience, our customers, I mean, when we talk to them, they struggle with this. As well. So, so some of this, like the signature required makes complete sense to me because if you have, if the source of truth is, is going to be Zentail, I've entered in the product in there and I know that this is a $4,000 keyboard. I know that I want to make sure that it's not just dumped on somebody's front porch that it, we actually get a signature for it. Now, how that integrates you know, they may have this functionality for those, you know, slowly growing and maybe don't have the budget for a WMS and, and full-blown shipping program. I'm not quite sure how the integrations, like you pointed out, how the integrations work specifically with like, you know, um, a WMS or like one of the, the shipping vendors. Yeah, and that's where I guess, you know, overall, I will still struggle with the, the architectural clarity just because it's all over the place. I mean, see, if you're using Zentel and QuickBooks, I don't know whether you can run a business to be, uh, you know, simply on Zentel, you definitely would require some of that. Uh, Zentel is not really designed to run your business. It's a great M and multi-channel management platform. But again, you know, let's say if you have a Skubana, so Skubana is going to be competitor of Zentel, but that's not how they both are positioning themselves. One is positioning themselves as the e-commerce operations platform. This guy is positioning themselves as multi-channel listing platform. So again, who are you? <laughs> are you multi-channel or are you the e-commerce operations? So that's where I would struggle. Here, if you look at the product information management functionality, so here they are talking about the smart types mapping. Wonderful. I love it. Uh, okay, so product cloning, quick edit custom catalog views, uh, comprehensive item uh, specifics, uh, archive SKUs, custom product labels. I just love all of this because, you know, that's their play. That's where they should be really shining. You know, provide me the depth there. I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, as you can see, the way it is laid out is really clear. Now, let's look at some of the other, uh, you know, things. Listing management. That's their core. Okay, that's what they are trying to do. That's their bread and butter. So here they are saying variations and groups. Absolutely amazing. Okay, async creation, easy list. Uh, you know, channel overrides, wonderful, fascinating piece of clarity. That's what you need, okay? Channel error reporting, massive. Bulk editing, uh, listing splits, channel error resolution, auto-sync listing, desired SEO, ASIN listing, wonderful, okay? UPC exemption, renewed certified refurbished support, great. Listing status dashboard, again, wonderful. Uh, clean, neat piece of functionality. Now, let's look at some more. Now, this is where order management now they are using this for order management as well so i like algorithmic repricing i like facebook daily deals because that's very channel specific information i also like amazon business pricing i like follow by box uh channel price overrides wonderful love it uh scheduled sales and promotions map support wonderful everything channel specific Right now, some more here. You have the Amazon Marketplace, Amazon International, eBay. So these are different channels that they are trying to attack. Facebook Shops, Facebook Daily Deals, Instagram Shopping, Google Shopping, and obviously they have Open API as well. This is wonderful. I absolutely love it. 
because this is what I am buying for. This is my multi-channel functionality. So this is all their feature sheet, right? Now, here's my challenge. So now when I correlate with how they are positioning their market, now if I compare that with these screens, when they are trying to do feedback share, I get lost, okay? So if you are the multi-channel platform, just be multi-channel platform and be him because that's who you are. Don't try to overextend yourself because you are not really good at that. And then I will have problems with the architecture to be honest. So that would be my challenge. I am happy to be challenged. <laughs> I, I, I'm not so much going to challenge that, but if you go back to those three slides, were those all of the feature comparison slides? Yeah. Because there was only one feature, and it's the open API that didn't exist on all four versions of the system. Everything's blue checks except for open APIs. I, I almost felt like there should be one more page. There's got to be more differentiation between these four, the start of the growth, the Amazon okay. Unlimited, and the Enterprise and API, right? So just to be clear, Phil, so open APIs are available in Amazon Unlimited. It's also available in Enterprise. It's right. Also, it's, it's, it's available in the limited manner in growth. Typically, they don't want to open APIs to starters. And the reason most companies don't open APIs to starters because they have tendency to hurt themselves, okay? They just don't have as much development background. So typically, your test environment, the API, the development, that is typically offered in the enterprise version, which is obviously going to be far more expensive. You go to HubSpot, that's what you're going to get. They don't provide that development experience in the base version. I completely get that, but that, that, you, that wasn't quite my point. My point was is that all four versions have all the functionality. Usually a chart like this, when you get to the second half of the chart, you start showing the differences between these. There's blue checks across everything. Right, Phil, and the only differentiation is that integration and the development, right? And yeah, which I yeah. agree, to be honest, with their strategy. I'll tell you why. Because even the smaller shops, they are going to be listed on all of the channels. That's why they are offering all of that. So I understand your perspective. But from the shopper's perspective, even the smaller, smallest of the smallest, they are not going to be listing only on five channels. They typically are attacking as many as possible, and that's why they are offering all of that. But let's say if you want to do any sort of development integration, that's where you want to pay more. I'm just saying there's got to be a, an additional differentiation between Amazon Unlimited and Enterprise, or why would anybody buy it? You get the same functionality. Well, the, the difference really there is for the Amazon Unlimited, it's going to be the, the company that considers themselves mostly Amazon and maybe has one other channel. They might have a Shopify store. They may, may be Walmart, but it's really going to be the Amazon folks. The ones that want the enterprise level and the open API is they're probably, you know, the $100 million seller that wants like reverb and they don't offer reverb. And so they're going to give you that, you know, it's, it's a volume because I think it's probably volume pricing. Yeah, there's got yeah, there's got to be a licensing fee thing here or a scalability thing here, and it's just not on these charts. My point was, from a functionality standpoint, they're basically the same. Yep, I'm sorry, Sam, I got caught up on that one. Please. No, 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 great point. I think that's a great observation, by the way. Uh, so much for that. Uh, okay, uh, so let's look at some of the reviews. Okay, so here they are saying there is no selecting average FIFO, LIFO, etc. methods. Currently, we have to extract data ourselves. And now, again, if you are doing the inventory in your <laughs> Zentel, you are going to struggle. So please don't expect life on FIFO because it's not really true. For that, you know, you you are, and this is where you should, it's not designed for inventory. If you try to utilize it for that, even the basic business, I mean, they are probably going to be utilizing a lot of different inventory functionality. So this is where your challenge is going to be. It's not designed for that. 
Zentel has helped us utilize multiple commerce channels while controlling most, if not all, data from single platform. This is massive. This is wonderful. This is what their play is. Here they are saying would like to have better pricing manager, would like the ability to move pictures around in different order. Now, this is the key theme functionality that I would like to, okay, that people are not getting and they are giving a lot of operational functionality, which people don't need. So this is where I guess they should be shining that, you know, this is your channel control platform. Give me those, you know, when you are going to be editing the images, maybe their assumption is you are probably going to be using Photoshop to be able to crop. And, you know, once all that is done, then you are going to upload this in this platform. That's probably their assumption. But maybe the customers are probably expecting a lot more. So here they are saying move pictures around in different order. And even that is not there. So build that. I guess I would like to see that in a, in a PIM platform because that's a key functionality for him now would like to have a cropping that's probably i mean even if you try to build that that you are not going to get the experience that you are going to get in a tool that is really designed for that video so it could be a massive lift and most companies will have a designer they'll probably do that and that could be the reason why they don't really have the cropping image contrast brightness tool and it says uh if user puts an image as the main image then decides to change or move it to or take image two and move to image three, you must read the images and start over. Uh, again, in my experience, I think those features should be there in the platform, but they don't seem to have that. And again, would like to see Zentel integrate with ShipRush. So if they are using this as the WMS platform, but obviously you are not going to have all the bells and whistles uh, of the shipping platform. So now you need to uh, care for the, the ShipRush and you, know, you are going to start with that. Well, I, th I think right there, I mean, so they're asking for ShipRush, but when you go take a look at their, their integration partners, they list a, a ton of uh, shipping partners. So it's just a matter of they, they probably just didn't add them because they have Ship Simply, they've got uh, Desktop Shipper, they've got ShipStation, ShipWorks, ShipWire, so um, ShipRush. So they've got a few, but I mean, you know, there, there's new ones popping up every day, I, you know, in, in the SaaS environment. So it's, it, I think it's kind of hard for everybody to keep on top of that. Yeah. Any other comments, guys? Okay. So here they are saying Zentel has been game changer for our inventory management as a reseller selling on multiple sales channels. Well, first, they are saying game changer for inventory management. Then they are say, uh, saying as a reseller selling on multiple sales channels, Amazon, Walmart, etc. we have had problems in the past the keeping track of inventory. But again, I think he is talking about the channel-specific inventory. There's a difference between inventory management versus your channel-specific inventory management. So for an e-commerce shop that is selling on multiple channels, it's definitely hard to keep track of all of that inventory. But in this particular case, I think they are talking about the keeping track of the inventory uh, across those channels. And then we have had problems with that and then keeping certain brands off unauthorized sales channels. Again, key piece of functionality for the multi-channel listing platform. Keeping content consistent across channels, I that's a big plus for platforms like Zentel. Uh, not anymore, that's why they are liking Zentel. Uh, the website is not responsive, mobile friendly, which I doubt because the UI looks weird. And so I don't know why the user has claimed that, to be honest, that doesn't seem to be true. Let's analyze some more comments here. So we have the override ability is quite limited. Now that would be my concern. Because, you know, when you are a multi-listing platform, you probably should provide a lot more override ability. We had problem with JET that didn't let us publish our own one-year warranty as a bullet point. Now, again, these are the nuances that you are going to be asking when you are managing marketing across the channels. 
these are the key pieces of functionality that you should have <laughs> as the multi-channel listing platform as opposed to focusing on the operational aspect of the problem. Tool has very vague warning errors that require a constant back and forth with support teams. Again, that's not really related to the product. I didn't really understand many of the issues because the errors were in developer notes. Okay, that's uh, that could be applicable to a lot of different uh, platforms. So I'm not going to call them out on that. Well, th- this one, this one in particular, this is from four years ago, and they, them mentioning Jet. Jet doesn't exist anymore, so I'm not sure. I, w- I would think that they probably iterated past these the issues they've experienced at this point. Agreed. Uh, just one more, and uh, okay, so this is uh, coming from a current channel advisor client. Many redundant tasks and a lot of complex back. Uh, and business rule mappings currently needed in the channel advisor. I'm not too sure what the issue is there. And then they are saying, but for some customers that may perform highly on odd marketplaces such as New York, New Ag Shop, and uh, you're consistently missing these. So yeah, so overall, I guess you know we can open up for the conversation now. That's it for the presentation. Yeah, on their on their website, they talk about the the less need of configuration, and that that last one compared to Channel Advisor, was talking about more configuration. I think it'll be interesting when we do Channel Advisor in a couple of weeks just to challenge that from the other side. Is that actually true? Because because that's not that I did not have that experience in my experience with Channel Advisor, for example. So so I'd, I'd be interested to see if it's true. But these guys say it on their website, less configuration, it's easier, you know, almost like no code conversation, but they don't use the word. Less does not mean anything. Again, I, I think I'm looking for the degree, right? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> but it's the first thing they say on their website. It's yeah. the first thing they want you to know about them is that it's you don't have to configure it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that's a big deal when, so earlier on, you had mentioned the auto configuration of, of categories from AI. And, you know, each one of these marketplaces has a different category structure that is just mind-numbingly bad and you know <laughs> you know you know trying to figure out where your product is supposed to fit in eBay versus Amazon versus Newegg versus Walmart what if you want it in multiple categories and you know trying to get that kind of override and so it it seems as though they allow that they they actually support that and help you do it so I actually, that's a very interesting point. And thank you so much for bringing that because I didn't see that. That's a real pain, right? That's, that's a real pain for a lot of people. And that's what I would expect in, in because that should not reside in any other systems. That should reside in either PIM or e-commerce, right? That's where it belongs. So I didn't see that in the screen. So when I was, let's say, um, you know, structuring these queues, queues, you should have some way of configuring these category algorithms, you know, how it is going to be appearing on Amazon, eBay. I didn't see that. I don't know if you guys could get that. Yeah, I, it, it didn't come up in the slides here. I didn't see it on their website. But like you say, you, I'm surprised it's not there because because it's a huge pain point to Robert's point. You, you know, they it's so. So what is it? Is, is it a is it a multi-channel management platform? Is it a PIM? Is it a warehouse management system? I mean, you know, is it door number four? What do we got here? I, <laughs> I think I think I it's a I, I think everybody. it's a yeah I think it's a multi-channel a really strong multi-channel management platform with some pretty good PIM functionality added to it. That's what it looks like to me. And then maybe there's some warehouse stuff there, and we debated that for an hour, so I'm not going to relitigate that. But it certainly is the first two, right? Yeah, and so I, I I agree with that. It's I think you know we have not 
been able to identify with with any of the systems that we've talked about yet where they fit in terms of annual sales and volume and so we can help um, viewers understand what what is the appropriate step for them you know if you're if you're on excel sheets any of these systems are going to help but if you're past that if you're on system a what is what is your your next system growth to and that i think that's something that we need to work on yeah, it's, it's 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 complicated and it's ever moving because these guys are constantly changing functionality. But you know for sure your clients are are trying to figure that out. Yep, and it's not a one size fits all because each client's going to have a different growth curve, a yeah. different strategy. But but Sam, I I think it's it's in some of the core functionality, it's really really got some good stuff. I mean, some of this was really great. And uh, and, you know, there's public information on its size. It's a relatively small startup getting going company and they've built some pretty great stuff here to get started. And like you say, they're known they're They're coming up pretty fast here. Robert? No, I agree. I mean, I have nothing else to add on, on that. It's, you know, for for small to, to lower end, medium sized companies, I think this is a great tool for you to use. If you are the hundred million dollar and above, um, then you're probably looking at ERP system and, and you know, that that's a different consideration so that's my problem overall if you are comparing it with erp it's not a fair comparison in my okay yeah. so even if you're looking at 100 million dollar company you know they can use this platform very well for the fifty because not a lot of 100 million dollar companies actually have him okay so again if you stay in your lane that i am really the multi-channel management platform even for multi-channel management it's a it's a really hard thing so even bigger companies might be able to use but again, you need to see, and but you can't have hundred million dollar company using it for the warehouse management. I don't know how I would feel with that. <laughs> but but these systems absolutely are useful to a billion dollar company in commerce at as their multi channel front end platform because they need something there. And then and then probably at that point when they get a hundred, two hundred, what depending on the business model, at some point in time they're probably going to go best in class on the PIM versus have this where it's a bolt on PIM. But but I think that's another question. You'd almost have to do a different comparison on that. Yeah. Yeah, and you are probably going to confuse the hell out of them because now they are thinking, you know, you got some warehouse and you know some multi-channel. I am looking for multi-channel. Give me really really good multi-channel. Where is that? <laughs> <laughs> and and that and that's the key thing, right? So if you're looking for multi-channel, when you're when you go out shopping, you have to have your list. You actually have to know, okay, these are the channels that I'm on. This is my growth path. These are the channels that I want to add. Does this tool support that or not? And if it if it doesn't support it, what would it take for it to support it? Does it have an open API like they say that they do, or or not? You know, because if if they don't support the channels that you need, that means manual effort for you. Is that something you want? Yeah, great point. All right, guys, I can take some more short comments and then we need to wrap. Um, no, I think I think that's what I had to say. I thought this was a this was a good one tonight, Sam. I thought we covered a lot of ground and and they do put good information out there for us to see, which is really really helpful. You know, I, I just encourage all these all these software companies put your stuff out there, man. If you're great, everybody will notice. And be transparent and and honest about your evaluation as opposed to overselling. Yeah, that's that's helpful. It never ends well. Okay. <laughs> Love it, guys. And I guess, you know, in conclusion, I would say that if you're looking for the multi-channel management platform and a little bit of PIM, I think this is a great play overall. And that this could really add a lot of value to your architecture. Uh, again, if you're a small shop looking for all of that functionality, it's a great platform. And that's it for today's session. If you join for the first time, this was part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or uh, solution that we review independently. So make sure you are going to be here next week. 
we'll be back with another vendor or the solution. On that note, thank you everybody for your time and insights tonight. Thanks everybody. Thanks, Sam. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Phil Kerper, head over to ringlingbusinesssolutions.com. It's R-I-N-G, L-I-N-G, B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S, S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S dot com. If you want to learn more about Robert Brown, head over to rgbecommerce.com. It's R-G-B-E-C-O-M-M-E-R-C-E dot com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Will Hare, who shares his insights into Amazon's business model. Also, the interview with Yaz Malice, who shares his insights into the exit readiness strategies for Amazon founders. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.